0: Hey, what's going on? This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, back at it, and we are in Brooklyn at Covenhoven. Very, very awesome establishment. Perry, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. You know in a bar I really like, and uh, maybe a gloomy day, but a cozy bar, so ready to talk.
0: There you go. It all works out, and we have a trio of special guests here. Please uh, please introduce yourselves.
2: Hi, I'm Tom Biner, the buyer for Covenhoven.
1: Molly Bradford, one of the owners.
2: And I'm Bill, Molly's husband, one of the owners. Awesome. Thank
0: you so much for hosting Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Really appreciate that. Let's just jump right into it. So when did you guys have the idea to start Covinoven?
3: Well, we opened in 2014 and it really was probably about 2012 because it took us about two years to open and, and um, we live upstairs and uh, we were kind of doing things as we could afford uh, down here and we were kind of uh, a little slow and, uh But we eventually opened, so it uh, took a little time, but we uh, finally got it open.
1: We had the idea because we saw a beer bar that was similar um, to this up in Ryan and loved the kind of family and low-key nature of it, and um, didn't want a raucous bar, but really liked what they had going on there.
3: And we also like the mix we, we uh, that a uh, uh, great crew up in uh, Rhinebeck, yeah. but also uh beer craft and good beer and yeah. beer a lot craft. of the other uh, style, uh beer shops. But also, we really liked uh, places like Spite and Dival. Yeah. Oh yeah! And then we were thinking like, well, you know, if we could have it like a, a a mix, you know. And one of the things we often uh, kind of hashed out was, you know, there's so many different ways to do a bottle shop. You know, there could be you know tons of product out, uh, you know, not refrigerated and what have you. And uh, New York City apartments are so small. And, uh, and we were quite very much the impulse buyer. you know, where we need something right now or going to a party or what have you. So there are so many different ways to do a bottle shop in Tavern and what have you. But from the get-go, we wanted to have everything ready to go you know we're we're parents uh i'm a teacher we have to say no a lot and so uh so we don't want to have to say no you can't have that beer here or no that's not ready you know it's it's not warm cold or what have you so so that was uh one of our differentiators uh here and so i think that's uh, kind of like i said it's not the only way to do it but uh that kind of became our or a thing and and same thing we with the amount a, of beer we wanted
1: that, a market feel yeah. you know the refrigerators brought that cheese and then we wanted a bit of that keep it songs. casual keep it casual and low-key
0: and now from from dream to reality what was that process like from just having the whole getting it all together and actually the opening day i mean what, what was what was that kind of like in a in a nutshell
1: it was uh, yeah, it, it was exciting I Exciting for something uh, that we did as a couple. It was new. um, It wasn't a territory that we're so familiar with, and it kept things very alive and interesting. Um, It still is to this day. There are things that we're learning every single day, and I think it was a fun thing to do together. Um, Very uh, a lot of work. Really Herculean it was, um, but looking back, it's it was a fun thing to do together, and continues to be.
3: And, and um, Molly comes from a film background. I come from a music background. And Molly, back in the day, tended bar in the Louis side. And I used to play music in bars and what have you. So beer was always my drink. That was the beer, drink I could have and still function and what have you. And Molly, uh, between beer and wine and cider and what have you. So there's uh, just uh, that, that also was what we would drink when we would go out and what have you. So just it was that right kind of synergy it kind of just uh happened and, and uh and it between the board games the backyard and you know it's just it's kind of the place that we yeah. would, that we like, like to like, go you know and, a um, place. it had
1: to be a place that we would like to go yeah. and to this day that we still think of that it has to be something that we like, and it's got to be. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it this right, right. way. It always exactly. needs to be something they say right about what you know. Yeah, right. And we made a place that we knew we liked. Yeah, right. That's the only thing we really know
3: how to do. Yeah. Also, as far as like places go and what have you, it's like you know. That I had a, a professor that always said if you steal from one place, it's plagiarism. We steal from many. It's research, <laughs> so you know we did our research right. where we would, uh, you know, steal a little bit from like we like how we get, you know the vibe of this or the way that they, uh, you know, present that, and, and so that was a, a good process. Definitely. So
0: if if there was something that you know present selves could go back in time at the beginning of this process and and any advice. or or any kind of feedback you would give, would you do anything differently? Would you you have changed the way certain things happened? Or are you pretty much glad everything worked out the way it did?
1: You know, it's a great question. little things I think we do differently like we're just getting around to enlarging the wire tables in the back so there are a lot of things like that that need to be tweaked but I think on the whole the place is, is pretty much just what we, we wanted it to be the customers are amazing I mean people, people are incredible and I remember thinking after having worked in television for 25 years coming you know, in doing this place, it reminded me of the artist that I used to know in art school. And there's a passion in the um, and with that I missed. Too. with the customers. the customers, too. And it was like coming back to the, the artist family after being in television. It was a really great, great relief. And we're still enjoying that but no they're little things that's how I feel how do you feel about it so it kind of kind of stuck to your original vision it wasn't very much like a phased like find it over time. We also we also do things very methodically and with a lot of thought. So everything here has really been thought out. Um, that's why we've done everything so slowly. The menu just kind of developed so slowly. And we really have thought things through. It did take a very long time to open. So I think that because we did things so slowly and in such a thought-out way, I don't think there are a lot of regrets. But we're still learning. And every single day that I get up, I think of ways to make it better. And we're far away from There's always something to do to make it better. I think there always will be.
3: Absolutely. I think... Um it took us a long time to open, and I think that if uh, we would do anything else, we would have opened a lot sooner. You know, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, really uh, kind of. I don't and yet, know that did have advantages. it did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's there were a lot right. of different visions yeah. that we had yeah. in a way. Right.
0: So you guys kind of kind of touched on it a little bit, but and this question's open to all three of you. What would you say, kind of the the philosophy? Of Covenhoven is
1: certainly independence, certainly passion, certainly, certainly artistry, certainly uh, um, I would say anything individual passion. And, and,
3: you know, highlighting the best of local beer, the yes. best of uh, regional beer, the best of international beer. You know, we uh, you know one of the phrases that a lot of times people. In the business, we'll you know talk about it with beer shops. It's like you don't want to be a beer museum where you have stuff there. And we have you know the Tom will tell you we have. There's some things that move slower than others, you know. But uh, but well, so the thing is, is that we want to have. There's so even in the four years that we've been open, there's so many new breweries, uh, in New York City, in Long Island, upstate, you know, in the uh, Vermont or wherever that are uh, you know now in the city. Uh, and so we really uh, want to feature as many of them as we can, but we also want to have uh, different things. We like to have maybe a saison or a smoked beer in the refrigerator from uh, you know uh, Belgium or, or Germany, and so that uh, when someone has a uh, an American craft beer that's of that style, they're like, "Well, have you ever had you know saison de or or, or, or a, right right." You know, or,
2: you know, yeah. the same fuel and saison or something yeah. yeah it's the showcase of anything that's new local and hot that might be interesting but also maybe some unique brands that you might not have seen or heard of that might just tickle your fancy in case you want to try something different and interesting actually kind of adds to the appeal of everything we have here where you can find something here that you might not see somewhere else or have a different idea whether it's a beer from Sweden focusing on that and then doing their new versions of new England IPAs or something from the West Coast or something new that's just coming up from within the state or the city limits themselves that sometimes you might not have access to it kind of makes it unique here.
0: Right. So now along those lines when you're when you're bringing beer in what's kind of your your train of thought like what's what's what, what are the factors you're considering when you make those decisions?
2: The factors I look for are what's going to be local, because that's always been a concept of us, is to showcase what's around, whether it's right within the five boroughs themselves. Um, me, myself, coming from Long Island, liking to showcase some of the stuff that might be coming from there that's good, or the Hudson Valley. When I started doing beer six years ago, it was all about local feel and flavor, and it's stated that way. But now your local appeal grew from being what's within 15 miles of you to being what's within 100 now, where if you look at things, the New York City beer scene encompasses all of Long Island, parts of New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, most of the Hudson Valley now, where sometimes you get other geographic regions where like San Diego is still expanding, but they've been a classical market that's kind of San Diego-focused, or you go to different states where it's just one small pocket instead of what is actually around with them. And it's the one lucky thing we have having everything here but having people willing to try by having a unique market with people coming from every wake of life and every part of the world where if you decide to corner yourself you might not be able to tap into something unique and cool that you might be looking at. Like we carry beers from Japan, Sweden. Denmark, Norway, just to give a rounding about, but always interested in hearing what somebody might like from there, if they're from out of the market, or from here, if there's something new and interesting from another state that's coming up that we might be able to showcase and utilize just to bring in. So,
0: so are there any particular uh, breweries that are really catching your attention uh, at the moment?
2: Uh, from which area you're looking at? <laughs>
0: so, locally and then and then just abroad.
2: Well, locally, everyone knows the good things like other half-frees, all those ones. Um, we actually just put up the new keg from Alewife Brewing, which just started up in Long Island City. Yep. And we just started with them. So we have their Death to Ego on draft right now. Shout to out to Patrick. To something new, which is great for Matt. Um, but then showcasing the different areas that I'm from Long Island. So we have a beer from San City going on right now because those guys are really killing it and showcasing their end. Everybody knows them for their IPAs. We're featuring one of their Gozas, which gets to be unique. We just had our anniversary. I'm drinking that. very easy drinking. Yeah. We just had our anniversary where we had things like Pure Project from San Diego coming up, plus a couple other collaborations from localized breweries like Killisboro, who helped us out. Keg and Lantern, which decided to do a unique Saison with us, or our anniversary beer we did with Transmitter from last year, which was a red wine barrel-aged Saison, which is phenomenal and still holding up well.
3: And Svendel
2: yeah and even uh spend out from just upstate doing an esb with us and owed to what they were doing but also showcasing brands like oec which kind of gets showcased in its own range because all they focus on are mostly tart sour saison, but might not be what somebody's looking for usually so I'd like to be able to highlight things like that i know right now um We're going to do a beer with Pure Four from England. We're doing an event with them on Friday and featuring two of their lines after they get back up here from uh, CBC. And then we're also going to do an event with uh, Austin Street from Maine coming up in another couple weeks where we're going to have six lines of theirs to showcase. Uh, And that's just from them stopping in and showing us some love. So it's the way we can showcase back to them uh, for a brand in Maine that might not get the recognition that Bissell Brothers or Allagash or Maine Beer Co. gets. To be able to highlight them,
0: yeah, very nice. So, uh, it's a question I'll ask every, every, um, each of our guests. Was there a particular beer or a particular uh, style of beer that got you into specifically craft beer?
2: For me, yeah, because drinking mass-produced beers, I remember getting, like, the worst hangovers and feeling absolutely <laughs> disgusting uh, when I was younger at 22, 23, and finally finding a cap. But finding something like um, Keegan's Joe Mama's Milk or an original Milk Stout, that was a unique blend to showcase or something like the first time I had Bourbon County background. 2011 just to showcase how crazy and wild you can get a beard to be. I mean, I remember um, one of the first bars I was managing on Long Island called Tap & Barrel being sent to Vermont to go do the first pickups of Eddie topper years ago and that really expanded my mind frame to go up to a different state to see how different everything could be coming up and now fall in love with those ideas. And making friends with people for years now, seeing what's expanding with that scene, it's you know, got to be fun just to immerse yourself. I mean, I still remember one of the first beers that stuck out in my mind is uh, Petrus Oakage Pale for a Sour. And mm-hmm. it absolutely changed my ideas about what a beer could be or how it could go. And not liking the Sours to being totally infatuated with them at that time. Is kind of a cool interesting
3: concept yeah right on you know and uh we're a little older so uh back i remember a day uh er, long ago when i just having a heineken was uh considered a uh upgrade sure Uh, yeah uh, so that but from from that plateau uh just when uh sierra nevada anchor steam or Sam smith from uh, england and with their not brown and playing a couple of places so back in the day when i was playing around in clubs, they'd usually give you two, three drinks a night. So I'd usually see what, uh, you know, uh, beers were around. And so those were kind of uh, things that really uh, woke me up to uh, the different flavor and uh, how much could be there. And then uh, later on, when, uh, when Molly and I were together, you know, uh, 13 15 years ago, um, really when the IPAs uh, started coming out and uh, it was like we – Went through the whole uh, the other side of uh, hops, hops, more hops, and uh, get uh, and uh, then coming through to the other side of uh, how about a saison or how about something with a or a sour or something with uh, more flavor, not that IPA, I mean, that's still a go-to. Like a you know, um, often looking for you know a small pour of just a taste or what have you. So I still uh, love hops, but uh, yeah, but right. going through that other um, progression of you know. Hop craziness, and then coming out the other side. Oh, scene. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I have to, I remember that this being really young, um, and when Six Point came of um, the deli on the corner, this being you know, so relieved, so many years ago, and really enjoying that, back in the day, long, long time ago. remember being just blown away by the colors of the beer, that made a very strong impression on me. I'd never seen anything so beautiful as as we did at first in one of our first visits there. Very nice. And
0: now the name Covenhoven what was the the inspiration behind that?
3: Well there's a map um, that we have above our water Mm cooler and it's an old map from the uh, 1800s and it shows the current streets of our our neighborhood and uh, and superimposed with the old dutch farms as well as the old flatbush road and the old atlantic uh avenue in which were very uh much less straight so so it kind of harkens back to this earlier time of of um of a time in there so also uh you know that uh these dutch uh families the guy himself or nick over who was uh during the revolution he was not exactly uh, he was no sam adams let me put it this way he was uh <laughs> he, he uh, deserted his uh post and was found with the red coats and then was uh actually jailed and then after the uh battle of brooklyn like uh you know was released and what have you so You know, it just seems so funny on that, on that part. And then also, you know, our, you know, we're very much a local uh, place. So, you know, when people come here, chances, you know, as often as not, they're walking here from somewhere close. So when you look at the map, you might find where you live on that map because it goes you know all the way to Park Slope to bed to the park and what have you so you can see where you are and I think that's one of the fun things about having that map is you could you know see what was there before back in the day also another thing is like people was like when when we first learned that there's the witch thing of coven and everything oh, yeah, like that and we're i was we we're a little <laughs> nervous we we're like oh my goodness you know people are gonna say there's coven and everything like that but apparently the kids like that so uh, it's uh so it works <laughs> right so here we are these uh yeah i, these, I called it covenhoven
1: immediately and then somebody was like are you sure that's how it said <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean and i was like oh yeah I-.
3: I don't know now. <laughs> so, so if the kids, I don't know if that's how uh, Black Sabbath got started, but, uh, but, uh, but if the kids like it, there, there you go. There,
2: there you go.
0: There you go. So now, how many taps do you guys have here?
2: 16 taps going. Mm-hmm.
0: And at any given time, how many bottles and cans?
2: Usually, range between 170, and I think the last full count we had was about 214 different ones in, in the quarter themselves.
3: Wow! All ready to go to yeah. uh,
2: drink here. Or, yeah, drink or, or, go, or, or go. They're ready, ready to rock. So,
0: very, very nice. We touched on the philosophy a little bit, but as far as the vibe of Covenhoven, you know, what's something that people who come here what's what's something you hope they take away from as far as their experience especially people coming for the for the first time
2: uh for people coming usually for the first time we try to give off how actual welcoming and only this place actually is it's one of the main things that we go about with the actual service the pews that we have the massive tables not viking style but they're enough to kind of encourage people to meet and experience new people it's why the bar is large enough to host people but also small enough to make it a unique feel where you have eight seats where you can get to know and talk if you're having a bad day we can actually be able to engage and see what's going on um why we also encourage people to bring their dogs out front for when the weather's nice we have the benches outside we have the main garage store in the front that rolls up so you can actually get immersed with the neighborhood or if you want to step away we have the back garden area with the six tables up high or the two picnic tables outside where you don't have to be yourself or your significant other or just a friend you can come in with a group and feel welcome and it's kind of one of the great vibes that we've actually gotten since day one or even since i've been here of a great pull where people like it because it reminds them of being home or being somewhere that's close where they don't want to maybe be home by themselves having a beer. They want to be immersed somewhere else, but they can still feel comfortable and not put off. It's not a sterile feeling, which Mm -hmm. tends to be what puts off a lot of people at different places they go where it's either too surgical or clinical and not warm. I know myself having complaints about going to random bars and just having that where bartender's too busy in a corner on his phone or too immersed with a person at the front of the bar instead of being trying to see or talk who might be there. You never know what could actually happen. I mean, randomly talking to somebody could actually either experience your day and enhance it or actually might be better for them. You have no idea who's coming in for what reason. And if somebody's having a bad shit day, you might be able to actually enhance it make it look better. I've seen that experience from just people on the street where a smile can go so much more. We try to make it that way here where it could work for everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Plus Molly, you know, has uh, makes the backyard so nice and, and inside so nice with all the succulents or the candles or what have you. Or the, uh, and she's definitely the handy uh, person of the family. So uh, getting in there with a drill or a saw or what have you. So, so I feel like one of the things I think we're very proud of is that it's light enough that it's a place that where you can go during the day and have a, a beer read a book uh, and not feel like you know you're wasting your life you know <laughs> and, and also this at the same time uh, we uh, where you know we have a lot of uh, younger 20-somethings that might come live in the neighborhood and maybe their parents are visiting from out of town so we're really proud that a lot of times uh our regular customers will bring in their parents to come in and yeah. have a beer with them, or maybe or their new baby. Or thirty-something uh, uh, regulars will bring in their new baby, and um, you know, and uh, during the day too. So it's a uh, yeah. Thing we've to-
2: had plenty of that even during the day. Like Saturday right. it was. A bunch of strollers and yeah. parents with their children here yeah. hanging out in the back because it's so worth it yeah. to be out. Sometimes yeah. you feel too cooped up in order to do something.
3: And you yeah. know, and it's of course a balance with that. You know, in New York being a very uh, young persons town, you know, it's a uh, you know it's a balance between you know being strollerville or uh, you know uh, adults only. But I feel like it's a good. Uh, Mix and like even for our fourth anniversary party the other um, week, um, you know, right at six, there it was a little bit of a strollerville, which had me a little bit nervous. But, uh, (laughs) but anyway, once everyone uh, had their uh, fill then they uh you know went off to bed and then it uh rolled into a, you know so and a couple uh, of them even came back without the children yeah, so they could actually yeah, 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 enjoy yeah, yeah. the yeah. experience exactly. a little bit more right. That's true, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: sh- I definitely showed up a bit late but it was a fun yeah. night yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: you know I love, I'm also impressed with the groups of friends who come in here I don't remember that, you know, but I love to see a big group of friends come in and they sit and they talk and they try different beers and there's just such a feeling of community and openness and not competitiveness. I'm always so impressed with that. Um, And it really is a community place. And I think especially today, community is so important and it becomes more and more important every day. And I think beer is a big part. Of that, um, and the people really do come to enjoy people here, and um, I'm always impressed with the things they're talking about. Um, so the community, I think, is really is really a, a, a main part of who we are. Right <laughs> right But it's not us; it's the beer that really does that. It's, it's not really us it's nearly. It's the beer. It's the beer. <laughs>
3: We, we like upstairs. Yeah. We have our kids upstairs with yeah. us, and when we go out now, like around the neighborhood, we we see our na- we know more of our neighbors. Now. We do, you know. So uh, it's nice to say hi, and-,
1: and we want to do more and more of that. You know, we want to figure that out more and more. Yeah, well, it's
0: you know, it's great beer is one thing, but I think it's you know, in every scenario, it's the people behind the beer, and I think that. The personality injected into the establishment—that's part of the vibe, and that—that's I think what what makes it so welcoming and makes people continue to come back. Um, so a- along those lines, the craft beer scene—it's ever evolving. Where do you guys kind of see it going, and, and what's the role Covenhoven plays in the ever-evolving New York craft beer scene?
2: Well, the way I see the scene evolving is it's always one to kind of repeat itself every couple years where certain styles come back into it, but the actual vibe is more of a friend's area where everyone's friendly. Uh, If you're a brewer, you usually go to someplace else where you might know somebody, or you see the spider effect of certain breweries when they go different places. I know Trillium just had a couple guys go to a couple breweries around here between Sand City and Six Point. Um, If you look at the Florida beer scene to see where everyone who's coming up, the Jay Wakefields, Funky Buddhas, Angry Chairs, uh, Seven Sons all coming out of Cigar City where there's the great rapport with those and seeing where everyone's going with them. Uh, It's a great feel because it's not where it's all frenemies or fake people anymore what it could have been. Now it's showcasing that you're all here for the same cause. It's not the, hey, we're here to take down big fear. That's always the big idea, but it's now to... Bring up everybody where you see certain breweries bring up their friends' breweries just because you want an even playing field. You know, you might be fighting for shell space but you're still gonna have a great time with each other and try to market it out. And the way we go for it is to try to encourage people to try new things but also for you to know you have standard brands that might be great for you might be great for us here's something where this could be something that got us into craft beer or you into craft beer where you might be pushing your limits with this new weird seven fruited quadruple dry hopped (laughs) IPA yeah but you can go back to something like a three's fleet and be like cool here you go it's right here this is where I started Or like for me knowing to go back and be like, Cool, there's a sixty minute may not be the best beer out there, but it'll bring back memories of like this is when I was coming up, here's where you can go. And certain breweries fully revisit that or you get certain brandings like uh, uh Tipo Pills and how they have, I think it's like six offshoots now with people trying to mimic that beer. Not because they're like, oh, we can improve on this beer. It's just to showcase, like, this is a beer we love and we're going to do our version of it to see what you guys think. Right. And it gets right. to be unique for that overall pull. And we hope to just be able to expand people's palates consciousness by making things worthwhile for them when they're here kind of like a
1: throwback basically
2: exactly you need some great things every once in a while where you can showcase stuff like you'll have Rodenbach on where that might be somebody's first sour beer or you might have a saison dupont either in bottle or on draft that might be unique um i know every once in a while there's a specialty release of like a pilsner raquel that's just freshly kegged that comes out where feature that it may not be the most hip thing but you know you're going to see somebody on the board and be like i remember that beer and the first time i had it i was like 19 at a college party and somebody introduced me to this and that was my introductory and that's kind of what we hope is to react some great memories with some people while you might find some nice hidden gems in our cooler that you might not appreciate but somebody else might have a great feel for yeah. And that's an
3: opportunity for, for you and our other co-workers to start a conversation, you know, and I think that's one of the fun things about having so much beer in the refrigerator and having it right at eye lo- level and not having to go downstairs to get it out, which yeah. might be that just uh, far enough to not, you know, do yeah. something. It's, the it's harder to it up, browse a list than it right is to exactly browse to, a case. Right, yeah. exactly, so you can see it. And, and actually, you know tying that into with the atmosphere here you know we it's a very simple atmosphere but uh but you know we we have a the wall right behind you there are 36 different beer trays that were from within the five rows and, and uh, so each one of these was a brewer from Easter Year within New York City and, and, uh, and it was really a, I guess our first year we had an event with Six Point and uh, the gentleman that does the uh, graphics for them was here and we were talking about the graphic design of, uh, of how, you know, beer and of course what matters is how it tastes but, you know, whether it's beer and its label or your favorite rock band or jazz group Mm -hmm. and its record label that's part of the experience too so so part of the experience of showcasing the beer in the refrigerators is that you get to see it and you know it might be the label that hooks you in and then you see it and then and then you're like well what's more about that and then the next thing you know uh, you've discovered the uh the the taste within there it's and like so one of our a fun,
2: a fun yeah, it's fun like beer. one of our main beers we had last week was Thin Man's Traw by Wombat, where it, the picture itself on the can was a wombat with its mouth open just staring at you. <laughs> We'd have people looking <laughs> through the fridge and foil like is this is ridiculous. I'm like, but it's a great beer. Don't knock it until you try. We had a case come down specialty from Mike and the guys at Thin Man just from one night talking with them and getting it. It came in, and next thing you know, within a couple days, that whole case is gone, where if you see it on paper, you might not understand what's going on. You see that can, it always caught somebody's attention. Not everybody knew what a wombat was. And you <laughs> see that, and you're like, what is this aggressive animal looking at me? And trial by wombat. It's something that was eye-catching and appealing enough. But it was also a great beer behind it where it got to be a unique feel for somebody to try. Mm.
0: So. Right on, yeah. And I, I think that um, the the marketing design is is it's something that, that, you know, I think that can bring people, people who may not know, craft beer so intimately can can sometimes they make judgments just off how the can looks and i think that goes a long way because there's a lot of funky can designs and there's a lot of interesting and unique uh artists behind those designs and i think that's kind of you know just the ever the ever evolving you know scene of craft beer there's the there's that artistic element involved in there as well i have to ask when you guys are not drinking craft beer what do you guys like to drink
2: me, myself, I'm an old school whiskey and bourbon guy, so those are usually my go tos. Whether I have some blends or some Jameson or Michael Collins, so that's usually if I'm not drinking that, sometimes it's usually water or soda. Honestly, like I'm very simple, very easy, very <laughs> low brow is the best way to put it. <laughs> Nothing
3: wrong open. with that. Nothing wrong
2: Never. with
3: that. So. I, I, I have to say, beer has always been my uh, drink, but, uh, but when I'm not drinking beer and not drinking wine or cider with uh, family. Uh, I really enjoy having a shot of whiskey there. And uh, that's one of the things about uh, um, even like going to Jimmy's 43 when he added uh, whiskey down there and just uh, like, oh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, just enjoy that. And I'm uh, embarrassed to say that I've been such a beer simpleton. Uh, there, but having that other level and having that uh, shot uh, is another level. And if we could ever uh, get that past the Department of Education with the school uh, around the corner, uh, that would be the one thing we would want to add. Are we are
1: allowed to say about cider? Yeah. yeah. Of course. I'm very interested in, in um, the Hudson Valley orchards. I'm very interested in what's going on there with the cider. And I think graft in grow. particular. Yeah, certainly graft. And I think it will grow, and I think it's very interesting. I'd like to know more about that.
3: We had a lot of fun times. Also, Brooklyn Cider, up, which has their uh, orchard upstate. We uh, yeah. had a good time with them, and of course, uh, pal and say from grant we're honored that they had their first anniversary party here and we uh always love carrying their stuff too so we uh definitely uh have a strong cider presence uh for uh for people and that's something that uh we often treat. Of. yeah
0: and now as far as um events do you guys have any any events you want to talk about any upcoming events that you can uh, uh you know well, let us know about
2: the big one we are definitely doing it's going to be the uh here four coming out of england they're actually down at uh the cbc this weekend we yeah. have two onto of theirs coming up on uh this friday which are going to be unique just to showcase but i said austin Tree. it's going to be another fun one that we're going to do can't wait to have those guys in the house will's a great guy and just coming down during the juicy brews festival a couple months ago and then reaching out to us to want to do something else is pretty pretty exciting um, I know another event that I'm just finishing right now, uh, and aiming for the end of July, is going to be a Crooked Stave Highway Manor night. Just do a couple cool things, kind of do a brewery versus brewery to showcase different ends and branding for them. Uh, nice. And then I'm still in talks right now about doing a Vermont night featuring a couple nice. of guys from up that way with... Uh, lost nation hermit thrush seeing what else might be able to come down those two that we already have signed in and 100 percent behind us and hope we actually going to go up there and brew a beer with them to do something unique huh. so it's gonna be fun and then maybe in the fall do something as a like chicago beer night reach out to some guys like off color sketchbook revolution and then actually try to get back out there and do a collaboration beer to showcase we might be able to have some fun by tying in all these ends but have everybody uh featured together to showcase what we're all known for here with a homely attitude but also how crazy they can go i mean john at off color is great i mean look at this beer eek who would ever thought a passion for miller high life can turn into such a great wild sour beer or the guys at the sketchbook trying to try and do some new different beers coming up same thing with the guys with the uh, pipeworks and revolution so Sometimes yeah. you just have to work with uh, what you're going with, and right? Have yeah. some great times,
0: right? Yeah, you know it's kind of funny. It's interesting. So many uh, brewers tell us that when they're not drinking craft beer, they're drinking Miller High Life. Yeah. So many different uh, folks yeah. have have told us that.
2: Yeah. yeah, you have all the guys now are going for certain pilsners. It's so great, or just so so many classical <laughs> brands. I mean, I know growing up, my beer to go, even when I was underage, was Beck's, and that was a family beer, yes. and that's still one that held a special place in my heart. Whenever I go out and there's nothing good for a craft selection or I'm in one of those bars that aren't featuring craft beers, but they have that. It's a go-to. It has to be. It's just something about it. That's what you gotta love sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes you know it's it's like you said, craft beers community, but it's also beer, beer is an experience, and sometimes it's it's the memories are are, are, are better than the beer itself, and you kind of marry the two when when you're yeah. kind of you know drinking and, and reminiscing. So now, what what are the hours of operation here?
2: Uh, our hours of operation are Monday through Thursday is going to be two o'clock to midnight. Friday is two o'clock to one a.m. Saturday is noon till one, and then Sunday is uh, noon to midnight is when we run and operate here.
0: And uh, if if people want to go online to find out more about you guys, what's what's your website? What's your you know which social media channels are you most active on?
2: Uh, Well, we're very active on our Instagram, and usually our Facebooks are where we're going through, which is uh, Covenhoven NYC, um, to showcase what we are. We're always checking those. We're always active with those. Um, But they're the ones where you can actually usually find our events or postmarks for if we're doing things like trivias, what beers are new, um, what we might be featuring, whether it's an anniversary party or a specialized brewery or just something random and rare coming through for the evening or the week that might be coming up that you might not know about or just randomly sporadically drop into our lap where we might be able to do something cool with and might not have enough time to put up a design or something crazy
0: and now you know we've we've gone through a lot of topics we've we've discussed a a lot of things here but what's something we haven't touched on about coven hoven that that you would want the audience to know about
3: well, our kids—they have some uh, chores here, which is to uh, make sure that the games are uh, in order every uh, Saturday. Good job. So, I, so I would so I would say that you know so, you know we have a lot of board games, and uh, Jenga and other uh, things, and I would say that uh, that really is the, 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 the yeah. Um, Yeah, we have the mural up front that's about twenty-five feet long, and and I think people, uh, you know, now that it's into spring, uh, you know, I think one of the on nice days, it's one of the things that really uh, differentiates us, and that's worth noting is that we often are on lists for best backyards. And that's uh, a direct result of uh, Molly's hard work with the grass. Uh, we you have know, real grass. Yeah, we have yeah, real grass it's... in the backyard, so people take their shoes off and, and have a, 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 you know, a and beer. And hops.
1: We do have hops. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We did, It's organic.
0: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, we did a, a collaboration with Bitter and Esters, our uh, good friends, uh, the brew shop uh, on Washington here. And uh, so we uh, actually this year coming up will be our third year with the hops, so... Uh, we're told that's the uh, when the, they they harvest year for everything so we need those be fun the they yeah. take over everything right? yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah. the hops are strangling everything yeah. Yeah. they're very very strong and very happy yeah.
3: <clears throat> so last year we had a uh, collaboration with them that we uh, actually gave away tastes cuz you know uh, we can't sell that beer Uh, But it was uh, fun. We had it on draft, and we'd uh, give away a taste of our uh, bitters and ester. Hopefully uh, this year's harvest is well enough
2: where we can do another one with them to have some fun with it. Yeah. get to be fun. The other aspect I love about the bar is that it's actually family-oriented, where you come in early enough and you see parents coming from school with their kids, coming in, being able to hang out for just a little bit to have that deferment of being like, cool, here's all my responsibilities of like, here's my child life, here's my home life, here's my work life where they can come in, forget about it for 10-15 minutes and have a good time where not every bar is focused on family life. That's what we try here, especially with and the kids living upstairs where they're always coming in. You see people looking every time they hear the door going or see the kids running in with backpacks, wondering what's going on, why are they doing that? I kind of take pride in that because it's more comfortable and I'd rather be able to encompass what a family is to bring them in where they can come and hang out, have some grilled cheeses, have a pretzel, play some games and be able to include us in their life where it's great knowing like um, Josh Bernstein who's a prolific beer writer who lives yep. around the corner him and his daughter always come in just to showcase and be able to see Violet grow over the past couple of years is great or even a couple of our other regulars and just know who they are and it actually adds to a different dynamic instead of being like, cool, this is just this person coming in and spending $10 on a beer to go and not having an idea about anything about them where you can ask certain little questions that make it more unique and special for you, for us, for everyone else.
1: One thing that I really have enjoyed, I just, just thought of this, is one thing I've so much enjoyed is the direct relationship that we're able to experience that people have with their beverage. And I think today we're so removed from where what we eat and drink comes from. And it's been so valuable for me and for the children to see the direct, again, response that people have to what they're drinking and what we're making. Right here we get to see people making this incredible beer, and I think it's very rare today. Very Made lucky.
3: close by and, and recently, and, and with ingredients in. that are uh, from, you know, not to get religious about, oh, it has to be New York State, but it's nice to uh, have... Uh, to. to support businesses. It's I nice know. that it is in New York know. State. I
1: love to be able to meet these people who make this product. It's like fantastic to see and for the kids to see. The directness. We're so lucky that we have that.
0: Absolutely. We have gone through a lot. I think this was a great, great conversation. Perry, have any part in questions?
1: Um, well, I mean, one of the things I like about here, you know, is you have two choices of size, so you don't have to commit to something massive if you just want to give it a shot. And you can also taste whatever you want as well if you, you know, just want to see if that makes sense for what your palate's looking at. Um, and you guys do growlers
2: as well, right? Yes, we do. Uh, where we have the our actual counter pressure growler system here for select lines that we feature. So we feature about eight of our lines easily going through. Um, two different sizes where you can get a beer that's going to taste great. Uh, we actually respect the breweries for what they do. So if we have something like a Suarez or a Hill Farm Center or a Maine where if they don't want it in Growlers specifically from them, we won't carry that. I mean, we have had some outlets where certain people want that, but out of respect for them and yeah. their liquid and knowing their actual wishes, we will, will encourage you to try something different or go to something for the fridge, which gets to be another unique end. And I know, Perry, you've been here before where we do encourage um, our regulars and customers to come in where sometimes you never know we might have a unique bottle that we've brought in i've brought in myself where if you're here at the right time the right uh time of night day whenever we can break out of something unique here and you get a sample of something you might not be able to find or be willing to travel forward in different areas and have something kind of cool going through so yeah absolutely definitely gets to be pretty fun yeah absolutely
0: so, I mean, w- w- not much more left to say other than Covenhoven is a great, great place. W- one of the best craft beer bars in New York. Uh, always a warm, inviting feel here. And, and, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for hosting us. Really, really appreciate it. And to our audience, I would assume most of our local audience has already been here. But if you haven't, you know, what are you waiting for? Come come down and, and have a
3: few drinks here at Covenhoven Well, thank you, Peter and Perry. Thank you, thank you so, guys, much. so much. It's our pleasure. And uh, now it's... Time to buy you a beer.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're going to twist our arms, I mean, sure.
3: You're already here, so (laughs) why not? Why not? not?
0: (laughs) This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Until uh, next time, no matter where you are in the world, drink local, drink fresh, repeat. Cheers.
2: Cheers, guys. Have a good one, guys.